Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I am your host, Emma, and each week I am out and about chatting to Londoners and those who love, live and work in this big and glorious city. In this episode, I was fortunate enough to catch up with Elizabeth Blanchet, who doesn't live in London anymore, but actually lives in Normandy in France. But she was over for a couple of days, so I caught up with her at the British Museum. Elizabeth is a photographer, a documenter, a filmmaker and a writer. And we talk about the prefabricated houses that were built after the war in this country. We talk about the Romani travellers, the Irish travellers, children growing up in a Romanian orphanage and what happened to them. We also talk about her chance encounter with the Russian boy through an undeveloped film in a camera that she bought in a flea market. We also talk about Liberland, a country created with libertarian ideas. Elizabeth currently is working on a project with prefabs in France, has come back from South Carolina having documented Irish travellers over there. She also says that London is a disease. It's a place that she loves and enjoys coming back to whenever she can. These are Elizabeth's thoughts on London, the world and life. Welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. Today I am at the British museum and it's a very cold day and I'm, we decide I've met up with Elizabeth Blanchet. Hello Elizabeth. Hello Emma. <laughs> Lovely to see you again. <laughs> Lovely to see you too. Five years we worked out I think since we last saw each other. Yeah I think so yes. yes. It was 2018 you went to Marseille. Yes and I went to Marseille in 2000. 16. Oh, 2016. 16, yes. Oh my goodness, so it's even longer. Yeah. Or maybe you came back. I came back for the for the exhibition. For, yes, the, for for the signing of the book on prefabs. Yes. So, going back, I was trying to remember exactly the first time we actually met, and it was before I even had travelling through, and I met you in Southfield. You were exhibiting some of your photography yeah oh your photographs of Normandy I think yeah I think it was mainly the beach uh, pictures yes Yes. in a friend's house and and the whole neighborhood was was like an art home exhibition go from home to home and once worse art uh, weekend or something something like that yes I don't know whether they've done that since but anyway it was obviously meant to be (laughs) that I met you then and I remember asking you at the time whether you would be interested in exhibiting once I had the shop open and I think you, it was met with an enthusiastic response from you and we did so the first exhibition you did at Travelling Through was your photographs of, of Brittany Normandy Normandy sorry yeah. Normandy yes um, and uh, or was it the prefabs no I think the first one was a uh, yeah, it was a, I think it was a mix actually. Was no? it? Um, maybe. Uh, ma- yes, so because um, uh, I can't remember actually. I, I remember there were some beach photos, like landscapes of, uh, of Normandy or Scotland as well, other places, but always linked to the sea. Yes, yes. And there were also the prefabs, yes. Yes, yeah. And as, as a result of the, showing the prefabs, a lot of people showed a lot of interest, and you did a couple of talks about the prefabs. And for those listeners who don't know what prefabs are, they were the, the houses that were built after the war in the UK um, and were only supposed to last about 10 years, weren't they? But they became very much um, uh, a feature of the UK and very much loved by the occupants. And in fact, there are still some still surviving, but a lot of them have now been demolished. And 
what's got your interest piqued by these prefabs <laughs> in the first place? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've always been interested in people who live in a bit in a different ways, in communities. And when I found out there were still prefabs in, uh, in London, uh, it was like about 20 years ago, yeah. I, I went and knocked on doors to see if I could uh, talk to people and uh, find out more about the history uh, of their prefab and that it could tell me like stories related to the prefab. Because uh, I knew about prefabs before, because we had some in Normandy as well, and mm -hmm. Brittany. Yeah. Uh, all the places which had been bombed in France, uh, you had prefabs, and you still have as well. Yeah, and so, I think that's something that's not particularly well known, is that prefabs is not actually specific to the UK, it's actually in France as well, particularly Normandy. Yeah, area. it is, and I found out recently uh, through um, um, the University of Helsinki in Finland, that there were a lot as well in, uh, of prefabs made for the ex-Soviet uh, Union oh, to really? re rebuild, okay. rebuild the Soviet Union as well, yes. so, and also in the Czech Republic, in Poland, so you, you, had, you have, yes. you, you had and you still have surviving prefabs. So does this mean that your photographic uh, documentation of prefabs continues? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disease, really. It's a disease. <laughs> or, or, a, or a complete, uh, yes, it's, is it a disease, do you think? No, yes. It's a good disease. It is, yeah, I think it's, it's a an good obsession. Disease. Obsession, yes. Voilà. Yeah, right. It's an obsession, and it's also, I used to be called a prefab anorak. Oh, did you? Yes. <laughs> Very much a, a UK expression, isn't Absolutely. it? But I, I read something the other day that in, in, um, in because in France, uh, they're called barak. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And um, they're, they're called, um, you're called a prefabtiste or something. Prefabtiste or... You have a different name, it's not, which is similar to being called uh, a prefab anorak, but it's, ah, it's a different term uh, they use for Je, non, je ne sais pas. I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, we will move on from that. Yes, <laughs> I can't remember. I read it so. But so after the pre the the prefabs, actually your first exhibition, and then you came back again and did a really fantastic, very uh, moving exhibition, photographic exhibition of photographs from Romania of your time working at an orphanage back in the nineties. Um, but since then you've actually been back to visit these, the, the orphans, found a number of them, yeah. and we photographed them. So how did that, again, as a, as a, as a whole project begin? It began uh, in 1993, uh, a few years after the fall of uh, Ceausescu, and we, with my ex-husband and with some friends, we created, we founded a, a small NGO to go and help uh, uh, some orphanage in the north of Romania, yeah. near Iași, which is very close to the Moldav, uh, the, the border of Mold Moldova, Moldovia. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, um, well, because the war in ex-Yugoslavia had started, started in 1992, yes. and all the humanitarian aid just went to, uh, was diverted in a way from Romania yes. to help uh, Croatia or, you know, and then Bosnia. So uh, there was um, some, there were some orphanages which were completely abandoned by okay. uh, any humanitarian help. And then we took over a, a charity who had helped 
uh, in an orphanage. So we went to that orphanage and really we kept on helping them um, for years. Mm -hmm. And I built some very strong relationship with the kids mm -hmm. um, because we had developed a, a system of a, a sponsorship yes. of, of the children by French families. So I photographed them a lot. Yes. And because I photographed them a lot, <laughs> I've got a big archive <laughs> of, of, the, of life at the orphanage for years. And then I thought, well, I should continue, even if it's not in a humanitarian like frame or it's more um, on a documentary uh, aspect, I should go back. And I was interested anyway in finding out what happened to them and yeah. how they were doing. So some of them, most of them stayed, yes. uh, but some of them tried to come and work in Spain or the UK, France. Uh, some, one or two, were, one was adopted by a French uh, family in Normandy. Uh, some went to Switzerland as well. One ended, ended up, uh, unfortunately, trafficked. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, yeah, by some kind of. Uh, uh, Mafia, Moldav, Moldav Mafia. Did you find that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw her after because she had been uh, uh, sent to a, a brothel in in um, Italy. Yeah. And then it was horrible. So but she told me all the story because I met her after. Yeah. Uh, in Switzerland, actually, where she managed to find her husband. Mm -hmm. So she has got the Swiss nationality now. <laughs> so she's protected. I mean, yeah. obviously that's. Yeah, that's but she stayed two years, I think, protected because she she talked against uh, uh, the guys who trafficked her, so right. that she was hidden somewhere right. for two years. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she was in Italy, and one day the the police came and made a raid, so that she she was taken out of that horrible place and uh, deported to uh, Romania and she accepted to uh, testify against uh, the guys. Yeah. yeah. So some, 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 another one died actually last week. Oh no? Uh, yeah, or two weeks ago, yes, uh, in a car crash. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, I was told by some other people. So, so you see the different yeah. stories. And the connection that you've had to these people from, well, the children, since they were some of them four or five years yeah. old, is a quite extraordinary. Yes, yes, like it's still, uh, yeah, it's 30 years ago, really. Yeah, exactly 30 years exactly ago. Exactly 30. Mm -hmm. And do they re did they remember you when you came back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. well, I've kept on going anyway. Of so. course, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think there was one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah no, last time I went was 2019. Okay. Uh, I haven't been since because of, you know, we were a bit restricted in our, in our travel. Yes, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll go again, of course. Yes. yes. So you're, you're very much um, like the grandma, are you? Uh, like a, a French grandma? Uh, of, the mama! Uh, the, the mama! mama. <laughs> no, 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 no. The mama! Not, I'm not 65 yet! <laughs> not like it said on the website. That's yes. like, for the podcast, this is, yes. I, um, I, I was just Googling Elizabeth and I saw that uh, she was 65. I thought, no, she can't possibly be 65. Anyway, so I've just I asked, asked Elizabeth and, and she has confirmed she's nowhere near 65. <laughs> Much younger. Not even in that decade. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> so we will leave it at that. The mammal, obviously. <laughs> um, so as well as the, the, the Romania photographs, did you create um, like a book, a diary of that or a documentary? Around? Yes, there were a few. There were a book I just did for, for me, 
not not published, not uh, self-published, with the portraits of the, the children. And also, I did uh, we did a film in 2014, mm -hmm. a good a good documentary. I didn't do it. I was uh, I was I wrote a bit of the synopsis, but uh, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm yes. I'm a character in the film. Okay. So I'm basically the the story is I'm. I'm traveling with a with a girl who has been uh, who was adopted uh, during the Ceausescu era, mm -hmm. and so I think it was 1996 when she 1986 sorry when she was adopted, she was four or four at the time, and we go back together to where she comes from in Romania to the orphanage which is not an orphanage anymore. Mm -hmm. and Does the building still exist? Yes, there? so we went to the building uh, and. Uh, yeah, it was. It's, it's not. An, I can't remember what it is now. But anyway, she. The, the idea of the film is we go back and we try to find our biological uh, parents. Okay. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the. The outcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a very watch. good story. Okay. It's called, and what's the film called? It's called L'Enfant du Diable. Ah, okay. Yes, uh, yeah, so okay. the child of the devil. Yeah. Because the diable uh, is Ceausescu. Okay. It was called the devil after. Uh, yeah. After the, yeah. Voilà, but, uh, I think it's subtitled in English. It's uh, it's a French documentary, but you can find it. Yes, I will put it in the show notes then yeah. for anybody who is yeah. interested to, to find out. Um, so this is very much an, an, an interesting uh, sort of a parallel, or or, or, a, or your story is very much you're documenting uh, as people's lives through photographs and yes. talking to them and writing about them as well. And the same is also f true for the Romani travellers and the Irish travellers in the UK. Yeah. Again, another UK project that yes. you got involved. And how, how did you get involved in, in this particular project? Well, as the same, um, I started documenting um, life on the um, Irish traveller sites uh, in 2001 as well, so like 21 years ago I started. Fine. How, but how? how? I mean, did you meet because uh, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's the same. It's the same idea of uh, documenting people who live differently. Yes. And uh, I wanted to find out how how they were living, what the relationships they had together, and how it could work in a, in a society where they are so discriminated against. Mm -hmm. How they managed to keep on living the way they want. Yeah. Um, also, I'm very interested in this kind of nomadic yes. uh, way of life. Yeah. So I'm myself quite a nomad, really. <laughs> I don't stay at the same place much long, very long. It's something I can relate to. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah you see. Traveling through, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so, um, so kind of, they fascinate, the way they live fascinates me. Yeah. And, and I managed to get uh, quite close to some families, which is not easy. Uh, because usually uh, they, they are, we, we, most of the people are scared of them, but they are scared of us as well. Of course, yeah. so building trust. Yes, it's for building trust. And yes. how did you so go about building that trust with them? Well, it took a, quite a long time. I started photographing the children mainly, and people would let me photograph children. Mm -hmm. But it was more complicated to, to get into a caravan, but once an old lady called Marianne uh, invited me to get into her caravan and yeah. that uh, I remember she said, uh, do we have something to drink? And I said, uh, yes. And she offered me a, a glass of vodka. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yes, okay, it's four o'clock in the afternoon in South Bermondsey. 
in the, so I'm going to have this vodka and another one. I came back home completely drunk, but I had spent a very nice time with that lady, yes. and, and it, that's, that's how it started. Okay. And then I, I was asked sometimes to do some, uh, you know, like communions or weddings or funerals to, for them. And I was asking, can I use the photos for me as well? For, for if you don't mind, I'm not going to take anything. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to, as you say, like, uh, um, I'm not going to show bad aspects of no, your, of course. Of course. Yeah. And I said, yes. So You're okay. showing them in celebration or, yeah. Like, show, or yeah. festival. Yes. Yeah. And I went to Appleby, you know, the horse fair in Appleby. They've got a big uh, gathering there yeah. every, every year. Uh, stock stone stone on Trent, is it? Yes. Mm -hmm. no, no, not uh, west the still west on the wall, right? Yes. Still on the wall? Yes. Yeah. There's a big horse uh, fair there. But. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So I mean again that is all about it's not about it's not just about building trust but it's actually having a dialogue and, and allowing them to feel comfortable yeah. before you even start taking photographs, I assume. Yes. Yes, uh, so, there, there were times that, um, that I didn't even take pictures if I feel, if I go and see them and if it's a bad moment or if there is uh, some arguments or whatever, I just, I just don't take any pictures, I go back home, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm not going to force anyone. But the way I see it is I, I like to stay in a place and observe and then sometimes and waiting for people to come to me, maybe sometimes to take pictures, yeah, ask me yeah. to take some pictures, or I would ask maybe um, for portraits. Of course, I would do a bit of setup. But otherwise, it's more observing and uh, and being in between uh, the the outside world and their world, yes. making a link so people can see uh, that those people live normally, yeah. <laughs> they eat, etc. Yes, sleep. <laughs> they love their children. Yeah. They, or not, but like everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's really, it's, it's very interesting because if you think of, it, think of it from your perspective, you would wonder why a photographer would want to come into your life and watch what you're doing and why photograph me when, you, when you're just living your life mm. in the way that you have chosen to live. Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, again, if you think of it as yourself being the, being the, one, being the one being photographed, you yeah. can understand why there must be takes a bit of time for you to to find that trust in the person that they are genuine yeah, of well. course of course yes you're right I mean if someone was looking at my door and say can I take a picture of you in your living room yeah. said uh, I would say yes because I, don't, <laughs> I have no problem with that but I can understand it is uh, yeah, yeah it depends on the way it's, it asked it is asked and done and yeah of course yeah. so again coming Alongside that was again the second big project that you did with English Heritage, um, with the prefabs, yes, and and putting it in a in a context of of social uh, social history and architectural history. So really taking your book that you had created back in 2014, was it the, the prefab post? There were two books. There was one uh, in 2014 published by uh, Bloomsbury. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the second one was 2018. Yes. And it was, yeah, uh, Historic England. With Histor Historic uh, England. England. Yes. Um, and was that, uh, was that a project that you had to attack from a different perspective or in a different way? Because the prefab homes was very much your personal project and it was a, a diary and mm -hmm. it was your conversation. Oh, so, 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 yeah, this with is a, the, yeah. 
this is another one actually. There were there were three. The prefab okay. diaries were, were, were before oh, for an exhibition. Yes. yes. Okay. So yeah, the other ones were much more academic, of course, yeah. without being. I'm not an architect. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a sociologist or so. But it's all my knowledge I've uh, accumulated on uh, on prefabs, which yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but it was. I was um, for the first one. It went very easily. And the second one was a bit more in depth about prefabs, and I wrote it with Sonia mm -hmm. Zuravlovia. So, I mean, we were two. So, each one, we we shared the the work, and it, it, it worked very well. I yeah. was more maybe on the on the prefab life, and she was more on the more academic things. Okay. okay. And with those um, with those prefabs, that you actually became. The museum director or co co director yeah, co founder yes, yes. Of, the, of the museum. It was that in Catford. Yes. yes. Uh, the Prefab Museum. It was called. Well, what happened is um, I got a grant in 2013 from Arts from the Art Council and for an exhibition in Photofusion, uh, a gallery a photo gallery in uh, in Brixton. I don't think it's there anymore. But when uh, we wrote um, the proposal to the art concert, yes. uh, I was thinking, well, it's, it's nice to do a, um, an exhibition in a gallery, but what, what is even nicer is to, uh, to, to, to take people to the estate, the Catford estate, yes. the Excalibur estate, uh, it's called, where there are still some prefabs, so people can see, feel, touch, whatever, what, what a prefab is. And I started to do some tours in the, in the prefab, thanks, thanks to this exhibition and to the grant, and then I thought, well, I'm not going to stop doing tours because the exhibition is finished. Mm -hmm. People love coming to those. They were very popular yes. on Saturday mornings, maybe once a month or, or even more than that. So I used to take people around. And uh, I got, I decided to get another grant. I would try to get another grant for a pop-up museum in a prefab. Yes. Because when we were doing those tours, we were thinking it would be so nice to end the tour in a prefab and have a cup of tea. And, uh, yeah. and there was one which was vacant because a lady had to go to her home, unfortunately, but, and it was not going to be rented. So, uh, uh, so I managed to get it for free mm -hmm. uh, for a certain, uh, a certain time. Yeah. And I got the grant again. And so that's why I opened the Prefab Museum. Okay, all right. So <laughs> and the idea was not about showing my work on Prefabs, it was more about finding other artists or people who had done some work on Prefabs and give them the opportunity, or on social housing, or you know, things or linked to Prefabs, and, and give them the opportunity to, to exhibit or do some conferences or talks or parties. There were a lot of parties. I bet. <laughs> I bet, yeah. But with the Prefabs, I mean, um, there's been a real fight to keep what's remaining, and I know you are quite a proponent in trying to to, to fight for the fight for their rights, basically. Yes. Um, but it was a it was an uphill struggle to, to actually win over the the, the MPs or the, the councillors. Yeah. Oh. Um, did you have much success in the end? Uh, the only the only success we well, I've been trying to help to help save prefabs about everywhere in the UK where yes. people ask me to, to help or do some photographs or article and in Catford it's been very uh, very difficult because uh, uh, people have been fighting to save their prefabs for 
don't know, decades. Mm -hmm. In 2009 or 10, there was a last big fight uh, led by someone called Jim Blackender, uh, one of the residents, and they asked people to vote for either regeneration or leave the prefabs as they, as they, as they are. Mm -hmm. And there was a very small majority for the regeneration because the, um, so the people, LNQ it's called, I can't remember what was the name of the contractor by, okay. by, by uh, Lewisham Council. Yeah. And so they LNQ, they, you know, they did a lot of parties, they tried to convince people that regeneration would be much better than keeping the prefabs. Mm -hmm. so, and also they were probably intentionally uh, leaving the, the prefabs to, to rot, really, rot yeah, yeah. the, the council. Yeah. Uh, so th that was quite difficult. Um, so after 2010, it's been really uh, going down in the estate. Yeah. People were moved out uh, one after one, different places, so the, was, the community <laughs> was split. Yeah. And when we started the museum in 2014, uh, it gave a bit of a, a new life to the, to the estate. There were some residents who used to come and have their coffee. It created a bit of a, a new sort of spirit, spirit of yeah. community. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, uh, the grant was for one month and people didn't want it to disappear to, to, to go uh, again right. to muse the museum. Ah. So we kept it open on a really a volunteer basis and uh, managed to get some, uh, some, some money to, uh, to keep it going uh, through crowdfunding. And then just after that, uh, it got burnt. Uh. Yeah, somebody, it was arson. Yeah. So it was burned from the inside, very weird. Mm, I arrived one morning, I had some people who had booked to come on a tour and visit the museum. And I, when I arrived, I saw it, it, I saw it you know, a cream, cream brown color, and it was burnt, but from the inside. And uh, the neighbor was, were not here, they were on holiday, the next door prefab. And also it was locked. Uh -huh. It was locked, it was very bizarre. So I called the police, and when the police came, they said, yeah, it's obviously it looks like arson because it started from a, a record player, mm -hmm. an old record player, and it was, it was, it was not even uh, no, the plug. It was still plugged in, but the plug didn't have anything. But the record player was completely destroyed. So it's as if someone had, had dropped some uh, fuel or something uh, on, on on the record player to make like believe yeah. that uh, the fire would come from the the plug uh, and from the wire. Yeah. From the wire, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah, so it kind of uh, depressed me. Yeah. And but after that, we decided to keep on doing the museum online. Okay. Uh, and you in in Normandy have been gifted your own barrack, your own mm. prefab. Is that right? No, 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 no. no, no, no. You, was it in this country you were gifted? A, uh, yeah, gifted. I was. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's true. Actually, I'd forgotten about that. When when I arrived, or before even. I moved back to France uh, six years ago. Um, la, la mairie de Lorient, so the, the, the city of Lorient uh, authority, they said, yeah, you can have one to, to bring it back here. <laughs> so the idea was to, because it was a, a UK 100 type, yes. which is 
a prefab made by the Americans, but which was aimed to be exported uh, to the UK. Okay. And its name, because UK 100 is United Kingdom, and 100 is for the number of pieces it has. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so it's a clever it's name. Very clever. Yeah, and so there was one in, uh, uh, they didn't know what to do with it, which was dismounted at the city of Lorient, and we had an arrangement to um, maybe to put it on the, in a museum in Farnham. Yes. At the museum near Farnham. Near Farnham, okay. Yes. But it didn't work out at the end. It was too complicated with uh, uh, the possibility of asbestos. Of uh, okay. you know, it was it, it was before. I uh, know, and, and then Brexit happened. So okay. yeah, Everything came to a stand. So it was <laughs> it was getting complicated. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. And so the prefab story continues. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just wrote a book in France. Okay. It's about the history of prefabs in France with two other with two co-authors. Uh, Michael and Martine. So basically, it's about it's about also history of prefabs in France, how they came, uh, what, in which numbers and where and what types. Same 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 sort of thing as yeah, what I did yeah, here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's fascinating. And uh, moving on to another really fascinating story was Lieberland. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the prime minister. Or the president. The president. The yes. president of Lieberland. Yes. Um, came to traveling through. In fact, that was the launch party. Yeah, was it, it of, was. Of yes, it was. Uh, he, he came, I think it was 2016, 15? 15, yes. 15. So, Lieberland, for the podcast listeners, is a little island in the in the Danube between it's, it's, Croatia it's, and Serbia. Yes, it's not an island. It's still. Uh, it's, oh, it's still? Yeah, it's, it's on the, the Croatian side. Ah. But there, there is. Um, so it's like an isthmus, is it? Or is it a peninsula? A more a peninsula. Oh, it's, it's, it has the shape of a heart mm -hmm. uh, on the Danube. So it's, it's quite of a... Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, but it was in a bit of a no-man's land, a bit of land that nobody had claimed. Yes. So, Vit, and I've forgotten his surname. Vit Jetlika. 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 Jetlika, yes. yes. He bought that. He, well, he, he... No, no, he just... Uh, it was an unclaimed territory, ah. it was called the Terra Nullius, uh, so because of the Danube changes, uh, is, is, uh, because of the war in 1992, you know, nobody really claimed this part, so it means that anyone can go, put a flag on it and say it's my country, it's Liberland, and he called it Liberland because <laughs> he wanted to have, um, to create a country with a libertarian uh, ideas mm -hmm. and what he did because he was tired of politics in his country is Czech, Vit, uh, Jetica is Czech, he uh, was getting nowhere with with his political party and then he was uh, once in a pub or something and talking to a friend who said to him you know you can if you're not happy with doing politics here you can create your own country yes it's yes. possible there are terranulus on hers yeah. in different places and he just looked and the closest one to uh, Prague was uh, the one in, in <laughs> Croatia. <laughs> so, and you went, you did go out there and stayed out there, a very uh, mosquito infested uh, place, but has anything happened there, do you know? Well, no, I think, no, 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 2015 was a crazy uh, summer mm -hmm. because we went to, uh, 
five or six times with my friend, the journalist Agnès Villette. Mm -hmm. uh, so we followed all that crazy summer of uh, people coming from all over the world with this ideal of create a country, a libertarian country. Uh, they tried to uh, land on Liberland <laughs> yeah. through uh, you know, boats or uh, crossing the Danube from Serbia or uh, you know, on the road, but it was very blocked by Croatian uh, okay. police. Also, it's not officially their land, it's still on their... You see, it's connected. So, to, to yeah. So, yes. so it, it never happened. It never happened. No. Okay, but uh, it it was a nice idea. Yeah. An idea. Uh, yes. And also, it created a great, a, a, a huge buzz, doesn't it? Yes. The idea of having a country and people from Brazil and all sorts. Yes, of, uh, America, uh, Scandinavia, a lot of Scandinavians, Germans, yeah. people from everywhere, really. Yeah. Mm. So has Vít gone back into politics as a result? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think he's still, he's still the president of Liberland. Okay. <laughs> and he's still doing talks and stuff. I think he's still uh, very much involved in it. I see some, you know, some Google alerts yes. regularly on uh, Liberland. So he's still, uh, he's still uh, doing things. But you know, we have, we have, <laughs> we have stopped documenting because there was really basically not, not much <laughs> to, do. to do. Yes. So you went back. After after these these various projects that I'm aware of, you went back to back to France to Marseille for a while. Mm. And while you were in Marseille, what were the projects that you were dealing with there? Because you you spent four or five years in Marseille because your son was at, at uh, school there. Yeah. Um, and then and and you went from Marseille to Normandy. So that period of your of your life is a is a huge blank for me. <laughs> and because photography is. It's only one part of your skill. It's photography. It's writing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah. filmmaking as well. Yes, a bit. Yes, yes. Well, what I did is mainly uh, I travelled a lot back to to the UK to uh, work on the prefab still, mm -hmm. um, and I still do a bit of documenting here occasionally when I come back on prefabs. Uh, I did uh, a, a lot of writing, uh, travel writing for different Lonely Planet or different magazines or websites. Uh, so I, I travelled quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I think you even put travelling through in the Lonely Planet guide for the French guide's version of for London. Yes. Yeah. Voila. <laughs> Thank you very London. much. Cheap London. <laughs> Cheap London. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and uh, I started to work more on the prefab project in France. So I spent a lot of time in Brittany and Normandy um, with uh, Michael who has a museum in uh, uh, in Lorient, mm -hmm. he has uh, three prefabs in, uh, in the museum. He's, he's reconstructed three post-war prefabs. Yes. Uh, so I worked a lot with him. I had a big exhibition in 2019 in Lorient. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kept on doing, working on the prefabs. I, 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 got, I went to America to uh, keep on working on the Irish travelers as well. Okay. Uh, because I got a grant from a French uh, uh, state. So there are some in uh, South Carolina and settlements of, uh, of uh, um, Irish travelers. Yeah. So I went on, I did that as well. Was that much harder to, oh, to yeah. do because oh, you, yeah. you, you didn't have that time scale to, to exactly. create the connection? Exactly, I should, uh, I mean, I should have thought about it. But, you know, I tried, I like challenges, but it was, uh, very difficult to, to get to, uh, to to know people and uh, to because they are really really discriminated against. Okay. There are horrible stories of 
of frauds and a lot of frauds, which is not untrue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of them were really reluctant to uh, me being around. Okay. So I live like a, in a trailer park mm -hmm. and very to themselves. Okay. So that was difficult. I went to Russia because I had to write a guide and then uh, what happened is I bought a camera mm -hmm. in, a, in a flea market and in that camera there were still a film. Okay. So I got it developed. I didn't know there was still a film when I bought it. I just bought it for my collection in, of cameras. In Moscow? In Moscow. In Moscow. Mm -hmm. Yes, and when I came back to uh, Marseille, I got the film developed and there was this fabulous set of uh, 19 pictures, black and white pictures, of a boy. Uh, and it was the f his first day at school. Uh, back in the USSR, when it was still... Uh, oh, yes. It was the last year of the uh, of Soviet Union. It was 1990. We found that through, um, uh, like, uh, how do you say, like, when you, I did a detective, dete oops, sorry, detective work, really. Yes. Uh, I created a, an Instagram and a Facebook account. I saw that called the Russian boy. Yeah, looking yes, for the Russian boy. Looking for the Russian boy. And I found him. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I found him oh, maybe where? six weeks after I started the, the research. And through, well, because everybody I know started to help with connections, Russian connection or not, or, and I, we ended up finding him. He must be in his early, late 20s, isn't He's, he? He's uh, 34, he was seven, in, uh, was seven in 1990. Yeah, he, he must be, no, I can't calculate anymore. He, well, 37, maybe. I don't know, what, I can't calculate today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that... Uh, yeah, 37. Yeah, so he... <laughs> Fascinating story anyway, so one day I received this message from him. Mm -hmm. Hello, my name is Dimitri, I'm the Russian boy you're looking for. So I was a bit like, wow, what's going on? And we decided that we would talk by Skype. We stayed two hours talking to each other, mm -hmm. finding out we were very, uh, uh, I mean, we, we had a lot of things to say to each other. Also, we didn't even know. And you always find this story like a miracle, like a yeah. magic yeah. moment. <laughs> so we became friends. So that was 2017. As soon as I had the pictures, I saw the picture develop at the lab, I thought I have to go and see him and give them to him, yes. those pictures, because they don't belong to me. It's, 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 it's live. And he's never seen them. Wow. So the next Christmas, the Christmas after, I went. Uh, back to uh, Moscow mm -hmm. with my daughter, our, our boyfriend, with two friends as well, and we all spent one week uh, with Dimitri and his family. He came to Marseille after to see me, and we, 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 we are very good friends now. Okay. And with the war in Russia, I was a bit worried, but about six months ago, he decided that he would move to Israel. Okay. This is good for Jewish um, uh, father, not mother, but anyway, he managed to get a Israeli passport yes. a few months ago. Yes. Well, just before actually really? uh, the war started, and he managed to go <laughs> with his family, so okay. he's safe now. Yes. Have you spoken to him since? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just uh, when just when he arrived, so, so I haven't talked since. Uh, no. <laughs> I can't talk to him. No, of course not. Sorry. <laughs> but actually, on another level, you yourself went to the Ukraine. Yes. Polish. Last week, yeah, I had a chance order. to um, to uh, to get to. Um, to the closest um, border uh, city uh, near Lviv on the other side, on the Polish side. 
and we went on the humanitarian uh, uh, convoy, I mean, if you say that, convoy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Convoy, yeah. with the town of Avranches in uh, Normandy, and then we, we brought with us some uh, medicine and um, all, all sorts of things people would need over there because we know uh, uh, a girl, Elizabeth, she's called as well, uh, who, who are connected with Avranches. She came to Avranches a few years ago, so that's how we know her. And we went with some, uh, some different things and we came back with 10 uh, refugees. Mm -hmm. so who, three of them stayed in Paris and uh, seven of them are in Avranches now. Okay, mm. yeah, that's really so, yeah. good. Yeah, oh. they wanted to, to, to go out. So yeah, and that's, but that's very, very hard as well for, for them, uh, deciding who, who goes and who stays and whether it's parents that are yeah. with them or children are coming on their own. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's yeah. What was the feeling on the on the border there? Did you meet other people who were doing the same thing? Yes. Um, it's very well organized. You don't feel at all that uh, when I was there last week, I didn't feel there was a war on the other side. Really. Yeah. It was really quiet. Yeah. The, the people refugees were arriving in small groups. And then there were um, there were a lot of tents of NGOs, small NGOs, mm -hmm. not big. N I didn't see any big NGOs. And then there was a migration uh, office uh, of the UN, which were organizing things at the arrival, and the Polish authority. And another 10 kilometers away, there was a big Tesco, <laughs> which was reconverted into a a big um, humanitarian center yes. where they could sleep and rest and things and and then people would come and pick them up and bring them to different countries so okay. it was quite well organized did you did you get a sense of when you were there of uh, things that that they that people need or that something that you wish you'd brought or that uh, me, me, med, med, medicine really medicine. yeah yeah and various antibiotics morphine morphine uh, strong things i mean it's a war so perf, perfusion as you call it like uh, uh, things to uh, yeah to, to plug so it, uh, like, uh, like, um, injection uh, yeah needles and Ni yeah and all sorts of <laughs> no, yes. i'm not very medically <laughs> <laughs> well, emergency... Um, yes, medical kits. Ki yes, yeah. And for the children that had come to Avranches, mm -hmm. um, how are they connecting with their family through... Oh, that's through Telegram. They all use Telegram. You know, the app, which is like uh, WhatsApp, but uh, okay. supposedly, supposedly not, uh, not uh, um, encrypted, or, you know, you say, okay. like, yeah, Telegram or Signal, or those kind of uh, uh, message. Right. So not WhatsApp. Yeah, no. Yeah, more yeah. Telegram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, what is next, Elizabeth? For well, uh, we're I'm getting on the, the ferry. First of April tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I know. So for the podcast, this is amazing because Elizabeth is about to get on a ferry. It was supposed to be going at 11 o'clock tonight, but it's actually going at, you're having to go tomorrow, to tomorrow morning, <laughs> but catch a bus at 6 o'clock. So we, we're really tight for time. Um, but, uh, and it's going to be a pretty choppy uh, yeah. ferry ride, I think, unless tomorrow morning maybe, hopefully, it will calm down. Mm -hmm. I hope so. So when you get back to, to France, um, 
what do you have planned for the, the rest of this year or have you got uh, many projects I in, on, the, on the go at the moment that you're in the middle of? I never plan anything, Great. I'm very bad. Oh. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm working on a, that's on a, a project. That's Yeah, that's, that's quite hard to, to do actually. Because <laughs> everybody was asking you, what have you planned? And yeah. no, I'm, um, I'm working on a project to, uh, about reconstruction and uh, heritage in Avranche, short videos for, yes. for the ville of Avranche at the moment. I'm, uh, I've just did a book which, which is really nice about a factory in Avranche which still produces tapes, audio tapes. Oh, yes. It's the only one in Europe. Oh, wow. Yes, and uh, that was a very good uh, project. I really liked it. Yeah. I'm hoping to start a new project on uh, camping. People who live um, all year long on campsites. Okay. So it's in the same idea of the prefabs, the gypsies, all caravans, mobile homes. Yeah, so it's all about documenting people's yeah. lives, alternative lifestyles. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping to get, uh, I applied for a grant, I'm cross finger, maybe I'll get it. Um, yeah. So I, I could start this, I would start this project. And then, uh, and then I want to do a film where, with a Russian boy story. So it's, we are doing it at the moment as well, thinking of how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be about the story, but about mine as well, my archive. Mm -hmm. So it would be a, a, the idea of the, the Russian boy would be an entry to uh, all uh, the other works. Yes, so yes. We are trying to see how we put that all together. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, there's an, an awful lot of documentary work that you have done through. Yes. Through Many, many years, 20, 30 years, is yeah, it? Yeah, well, 30 years, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Um, so, on a personal level as well, how do you enjoy your time when you're not photographing? Well, life? I mean, my life is, uh, my work is not really, I don't consider it like work really, so I enjoy myself all the time, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what a holiday is, a proper holiday, because <laughs> I feel I'm always kind of you're a holiday. holiday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But well, how does it feel to come back to London after being away for Oh, such it's, a while? It's, it's home here. Is it? Oh, yes. it's still home, yes. It's, 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 London is a disease. London is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Even, I, mean, I feel, I've, I, I see it, uh, I feel it much quieter than before. Yeah. I think there are less people than before. Is it a view of my uh, oh, mind? No, I don't I think know. You're, you're absolutely right. It yeah. is much quieter. And also the traffic has been redirected. Yeah. Less, less traffic on the yeah. road, so certainly less people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's due to Brexit, to uh, to COVID or whatever, but it's, I found, it, you know, it's like it used to be much more well, people at yeah. the British Museum. Exactly. There are still a lot of people, but yes. it's not like it's it used not to be rammed like no. it used to be. I mean, yeah. everybody's suggesting that the summer is going to be very, very busy again, but we will see what happens. Yeah, so we'll see. Things start to open up. But always happy to come back here, of course, and it feels like home. Each yeah. time I arrive, now I come through Portsmouth most of the time, but each time I arrive, it's, uh, I see the Portsmouth Arbor, and I think, it's home. It's home. <laughs> so do you think eventually you'll come back to... to I don't know, because I don't... The, yeah. The two worlds? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I have no idea of what's going to happen tomorrow no. in my life, so That's I don't know. Nice. <laughs> Keep it open. Why, why make decisions, you know? Yeah. Why lock yourself down to one particular idea? Yeah, no, no, I, I think it could happen, yes. I would, be, I would be very happy to have a cottage in Kent, mm -hmm. near the sea and near a pub. 
Yeah. Voila. <laughs> right, we'll see what we can find. Yes. Not a prefab, I take it. Oh, a prefab, yeah. yeah. yeah a prefab cottage. Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, look, I know we're very short for time, so perhaps is there anything else that I haven't asked you or that you'd like to mention that I haven't sort of managed to ask you that might trigger something that you... Like if you have a prefab or if you know prefabs around you, tell me, get in yes. touch so I can, you know, maybe document uh, um, another prefab, other prefabs. Yeah, wherever they are in the world. Oh, yes. yeah, wherever they are in the world. And huh? so for people to get in touch with you, where is the best way to Oh, to my website, elisabethblanchet.com. Yes, yeah, so that's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-B-L-A-N-C-H-E-T dot Okay. And are you on, you're on Instagram, are you? Yes, uh, uh, Instagram is Elizabeth Blanchet Photography. Okay. And photography with a Y at the end. Not yes, not I-E-E, -E, like, yes. like the not French. Like the French version. Yes. yes. <laughs> and all my website is still in English, so you see, I haven't really moved uh, away from, yeah. <laughs> from here. Yeah, yes. Okay, so there's, and you're on Facebook as well. Yes, Elizabeth Blanchet. Okay, and yeah. Twitter too. Yes. So there's plenty of places. We'll put all that information in the show notes. But um, I think as the sun seems to be shining through the yes. glass, uh, I love the glass roof. Oh this, yes, of brilliant, this beautiful. Yes. So if you haven't been to the British Museum, do get yourself here. Mm -hmm. There's the world of Stonehenge is on at the moment, which I haven't been. To, have you been to see that exhibition? No. Yeah. Well, you, you were here earlier. What to go to the shop. I <laughs> love the shop. <laughs> okay. So if you haven't got the time to do anything else. Elizabeth suggests go to the shop. I love the British Museum <laughs> shop. Actually, the coffee's pretty good too. So. Yes. Absolutely. But on that note, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, our chat, and you've been inspired, I certainly have, by what Elizabeth has had to say. Uh, do check out her website, elizabethblanchet.com. I'll put everything in the show notes. Do subscribe to the Travelling the Tube podcast. That'd be fantastic. If you could give us a review and a rating that would also be great because it helps to spread the word of my guests and to reach a wider audience which is, can only be a good thing and finally yes if you've enjoyed it please do share with your friends that would be fantastic too enjoy the rest of your week there'll be another podcast coming out next week but for now take care and thanks for listening